0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, June 5th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Pesticide bills shelved for the year. AFBF takes on racism. Court jeopardizes herbicide plans and next steps for carbon bill. Pesticide bills languish as deadlines roll by. Today marks a deadline for Senate committees to report non-fiscal bills to the floor. Assembly deadline was last Friday, and a typical year bills left behind die in committee. Lawmakers do have the ability to waive most deadlines for bills, and Democrats certainly have the numbers for the vote at a time. When all eyes are on the budget process, however, the political will could be lacking. At the start of the legislative session, lawmakers introduced several bills related to pesticides, with some emerging as late as May. Most of the bills are still listed as active, yet one that would have required schools to disclose pesticide training for staff is now listed as quote rescinded due to the shortened twenty twenty legislative calendar. The first pesticide bill to pass committee was on an upward trajectory. It proposed a fivefold increase in penalties for pesticide spray drift incidents. Once the pandemic hit, however, that momentum stalled. A bill that was similarly revived from an earlier measure took aim at the granular form of the insecticide core plearfoss. It never reached a committee vote. Now with schools, a bill that would add new layers to reporting pesticide use near schools was certain to face opposition from ag groups if it made it to committee. Another bill would have helped schools transition to organic pesticides. On that note, today is the last one for a familiar name at the Department of Pesticide Regulation, the DPR. Assistant Director of Communications, uh, Charlotte Fadipi, spent seven years at DPR and is now shaking things up in a different way. Starting next week, she'll lead communications at the California Earthquake Authority. First, CFAP payments reaching farmers. USDA promised to start getting those coronavirus food assistance program payments out the door to farmers within a week of sign up and that's what's happening. According to USDA's first report on the program, the department has already made payments totaling $545 million. Of that amount, nearly 268 million has gone to livestock producers, another 140 million has gone to producers of corn, soybeans, cotton, and other row crops, dairy producers have received nearly $129 million. Specialty crop producers have received just 8.4 million. Producers in Illinois, Kansas, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and South Dakota have received the largest amounts so far. Keep in mind, USDA eventually expects to make payments of up to 16 billion. Take note, starting today, USDA is holding a series of webinars to address CFAP issues. This afternoon's webinar is intended for organizations that serve farmers and ranchers. Farm Bureau pledges effort to address racism. The American Farm Bureau Federation has joined the National Farmers Union in putting out a landmark statement addressing the issue of racism. A statement issued by AFBF yesterday goes beyond expressing sympathy for victims of racial injustice and says the organization will undergo a process of self-examination. We believe we have a responsibility across our society to honestly examine, identify, and address racism. That includes looking within our own organization's. We are forming a cross-functional working group to determine how we as staff of the American Farm Bureau can be a positive influence against racism. Keep in mind, AFBF has long been known for its socially conservative stands on national issues. The NFU statement issued May 29th denounced police brutality and called for a national effort to eliminate racism and change society. Ruling throws dicamba usage in doubt. Growers may have to skip over-the-top dicamba applications on soybeans and cotton this year under a federal appeals court ruling issued this week, but ag groups are holding out hope the EPA can persuade the court to stay its decision. The Ninth Circuit decision vacated the registrations for Bayer's Extendamax, BASF's Ingenia, and Corteva's Fedexapen. North Dakota Ag Commissioner Doug Gearing says the ruling, quote, immediately bans the sale and use of these products nationwide. Gearing said he expected, quote, an immediate appeal of the ruling along with a request for an emergency stay, which, if granted, would allow the continued use of the product while the appeal is being heard in court. Now, whether dicamba can be used this season, quote, now depends on the outcome of the request for an emergency stay. The EPA take, well, the agency said it would move promptly to address the court's order, but offered no other details. The plaintiffs say the court was clear that over-the-top uses of dicamba are now off-limits. We will oppose any stay motion, said Center for Food Safety Legal Director George Kimbrell. The Agriculture Retailers Association is urging the government to appeal and is concerned about what dealers should do with existing stocks. A.R.A. is advising its members to, quote, take a pause. Ag climate bill sets the stage for speeding carbon markets. The new climate bill we told you about yesterday is out now. An impressive array of Senate sponsors and supporting organizations. Big question is whether and when the bill becomes law. The Growing Climate Solutions Act is aimed at accelerating the development of ag carbon markets by putting USDA in charge of approving certifiers and consultants that are needed to make sure the carbon credit trading is legitimate and transparent. Senate source says a hearing is under consideration, but backers say it's not clear when there could be action on the legislation. It's hard to see that happening in an election year, but at the least, the bill sets a marker for action in the next Congress. The bill's lead sponsors include two Republicans, that Senate Agriculture Committee member Mike Braun of Indiana and Senate Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, as well Debbie Stabenow, the Senate's top Democrat on the Ag Committee, and Rhode Island Democrat Sheldon Whitehouse, one of the Senate's most prominent voices on climate policy. Organizations and companies also support the bill include AFBF, several commodity groups, the Environmental Defense Fund, the National Wildlife Federation, and add to the list McDonald's and Microsoft. Keep in mind, one of the key developers of ag carbon trading, the Ecosystem Services Market Consortium, is developing its own certification program and wouldn't need the USDA-run program. But ESMC Executive Director Debbie Reed told AgriPulse the USDA program would create a needed talent pool of specialists, quote, who understand the markets and their requirements. Storm clouds on the USMCA horizon? Well, the US Mexico Canada agreement is still slated for implementation on July 1, but there may be some complications to the rollout in the months ahead said Kenneth Smith Ramos, Mexico's former chief negotiator for the North American Free Trade Agreement. One storm cloud Ramos sees is the continued U.S. effort to enact so-called seasonality provisions that would make it easier for U.S. produce farmers to file anti-dumping cases against Mexico. Another is the threat of more U.S. demands for border inspections. Mexico reluctantly agreed recently to allow increased inspections of its tomato exports as a part of the deal with the U.S., but now U.S. producers are calling to expand the deal to cover other Mexican crops. Potential problems brewing on the Mexican side of the border stem from regulatory backtracking by government officials. One concern in particular, Rama says, is the recent suspension of import permits for ag biotech products even though they have been approved in Mexico. Furthermore, Mexico's Secretariat of Environment and Natural Resources has been blocking glyphosate imports from the U.S. Here's today's He Said It. I hope we all see each other in three dimensions someday. That Bruce Hodeselt, Director of Regulatory Affairs for the Northern California Water Association, and a closing comment during a Zoom meeting yesterday for the Central Valley Water Board. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, June 5th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.